Hello and welcome to the We Out Here Pro Vibing Podcast. It's your boy Zach. And I'm Nat. If you haven't listened before, we're so, so glad to have you here. On this podcast, we open up the discussion on topics that we feel need to be spoken about. In a world full of chaos, we want to speak God's truth into that chaos and share the love. Mm. And if you're tuning in on the regular, it's really, really good to have you back as well. This week, we are joined by a very special guest, the fabulous Kate. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Very nice. Can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? So I am at Cardiff Uni in my second year of business management. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. And Kate goes to church with us. And if there's two things you need to know about Kate, it's that one, she is an aggressive driver. <laughs> and two, she is an aggressive netball player. <laughs> yes, I do have a bad reputation on that. That's cool. I can own it. <laughs> Oh, well, before we get into this week's episode, we have to do what we do every week and talk about our favourite worship song mm. of this week. Uh, Kate, what have you been listening to recently? Um, I, it's a bit of an old one, but I've been loving God of Revival by Bethel Music. I feel like that's mm. really speaking to me at the moment. Great song. Oh, well. How about you, Zach? Uh, I would say it's a song called Captured by Isla Vista Worship. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a really good tune. Big Such fan. Such a tune. What uh, about you, Nat? For me... I think I mentioned it last week, but it was um, the Maverick City and Upper Room did a joint album, which came out literally today. Um, and they've got some really, really good songs in there. And what one I really like is called Champion on that album. So, yeah, definitely take a minute to listen to that. That's yeah. so, so good. And we want to take a quick minute to shout out a podcast by some friends of ours. Um, guys, go and listen to the Thrive in Grace podcast, which as the name suggests, is about living your best life in the goodness of God's grace. Yes. Um, it's on Spotify, go check it out. Definitely. All right, so this week, we really felt um, like God was putting the topic of value and self-worth, um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, but Kate, we just wanted to start off by asking, what do you think self-worth actually is? It's a tricky question because I think that it kind of depends on like, the concept is just very hard to like put your finger on, but it kind of depends on who you are and where you've come from. But it's about knowing your inherent value as a human being and living out of that place. And then sort of when I think about self-worth and things like areas I struggle with, it's areas that make me question that about myself. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, and why is this such an important topic to talk about? I think it's super important because if you know how valuable you are, you are like on, you're just untouchable. It's such a superpower to have because you no longer need external things to validate you and you no longer need to rely on stuff and you're able to just make really healthy choices and look after yourself because you know how valuable you are. Yeah, definitely. And we talk a lot about um, mental health and it's a passion uh, that I think God's put on my heart as well. But recently, um, you know, lots of people talk about um, a mental health pandemic as well um, and I do, do think that is quite a reflection mm. on this idea of value and self-worth and it's something that you can see all around yeah. all around you so. but to some extent this people noticing this mental health pandemic as you were is almost like symptoms of a much yeah. earlier struggle of yeah, uh, which definitely self-worth or a lack of self-worth can play a role in yeah yeah, Kate, you touched on um, your self-worth being your superpower. Mm -hmm. um, I've also heard somewhere it can also be your Achilles heel. Do you want to shed some light on that? Yeah, so I think 
when you take your, it depends what you're taking your like value on basically, like from. So for me, I know that I'm inherently valuable as a person when I strip away like what I look like, who I am, what course I'm doing, where my family come from, like without any of that, like I am still inherently valuable as a person. So that's when it's a superpower because you kind of just like, you just exist in this place where you're not worried about what people think and you're not worried about what, how your choices will affect what like the way that people think about you. But it can become an Achilles heel if you start taking your value from things that aren't fixed and constant. Like I'm valuable because I'm a human being or I'm valuable because I'm a child of God is a fixed constant and that will never change. Whereas I'm valuable because I'm really good at sports and I'm the star player of my team or I'm doing a super competitive degree and I'm smashing it and I'm in the top like 10 people or whatever like those aren't fixed things and it can become an Achilles heel in two ways because to start with like it can be a real area for pride and you start to become very arrogant about your value and you feel more valuable than other people because of your achievements but then it's also that you if anything like that stops then you will sort of start to question your own value so if you're a sports person I am a sports person like I have definitely had seasons where I've been injured or I've not been able to do sport or I've not achieved to the level that I want to and I'm disappointed and that can lead me to like question how valuable I am as a person which sounds ridiculous when you say it but I definitely think it's something we all struggle mm-hmm. with so yeah. yeah and we touched on it last week with Laura or the week before that when we talked about putting our identity as well in things that aren't eternal so I think that's a really really good point because when those achievements as you said are stripped away then we find a void that we haven't tackled Mm. due to just piling on achievements onto it just to feel valuable so again it's cool how these episodes have linked up and that's why we think this is such an important topic Um, but I do think this is quite different um, in girls and in guys Mm. so I think um, yeah Kate it would be great if you um, could just talk about what you think girls in particular battle with um, in terms of this idea of value. I think the biggest thing is like the way that girls look like because I think I think it's well before I talk about that I just want to mention like shame because to me shame is the enemy of value and self-worth because it's this shame is something that like shame is that little voice that we all have inside of us that says like I am not enough because and it can be anything but I think girls in particular struggle with I am not enough because of the way I look and I think from such an early age we're just bombarded with images of really beautiful sexy women who are really skinny or really curvy or have amazing skin and everything and none of it's real and we all know that but nonetheless we still sort of get this idea that like that if the standard is perfection every single one of us will find an area where we're like oh I don't have that so I'm not enough and so I think body image is like definitely a main one but then also I think relationships, having a boyfriend is always an area that girls can very quickly like slip into finding their value in that or like or finding shame because they don't have a boyfriend or like just relationships in general I guess and that sort of thing I think are probably the two biggest things. Yeah and I think particularly in that relationships one it's often um, can be end up being you feel your value comes from your Mm. partner is that the boyfriend or girlfriend like where you you place that value in that they you think they value you and that's where you take your value from yeah. rather than an internal inherent stable value which yeah. is who you are as a person yeah. who God made you to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely feel that we can see that all around because listen to any pop song mm. right any popular pop song talks about um, breakups or and like a lot of art comes from a 
place of pain mm-hmm. and a lot of that is because that idea of value is stripped away when you break up with someone mm-hmm. or when you're older when you divorce or something like that because it just shows as Zach said the symptoms of that being stripped away um, causes people to make some pretty cool songs but also that comes from a place of pain you know yeah. um, definitely in the pop kind of world so and I think as well that like um, that obviously everyone knows it's not true but that ideal of beauty is like foundationally stupid because mm-hmm. beauty doesn't look one way there's not yeah. one there's not one standard which is beautiful it comes in like literally in all shapes and forms and I think it's just straight up unrealistic to all aspire to like who even decided what beauty like was for that mm. one person do you know what I mean it's foundationally just wrong yeah and I just want to jump in and say as well like on relationships if you are using like this is where self like value is so important because if you're taking your value from like a relationship with someone even while you're in that relationship I don't think you can show up and love them well because you spent all of your time being very self-focused and like um, do they find me attractive? Do they are they meeting my needs? Are they filling me up so I feel valuable? And then when you're doing that, you're definitely not in a place to like be sacrificial and to like just help like show up and love that person. So shout out to my housemate Hannah because she hit me with that truth. That was very good. Wow, mm. that's so good. Um, but yeah, definitely going back to body image, I just think it's such a big big issue. I think as guys we can relate to that as well, but. So yeah, I just think that shows how heartbreaking and temporary it is because it's going to be something that changes so rapidly and we can't control that. Like, you can't stay looking like your mid-twenties for the rest of your life. And that shows people who are like 60 and 70 don't lose their sense of value because they look old or different or Mm. not as attractive as they think that they should be, you know? Well, I think, and also talking about mental health, like that's why so many people get anxiety and get so locked into structure because they're so terrified of missing a day at the gym or not putting makeup on when they go outside well, or yeah. not going to get their nails done or whatever it is because you're so just terrified of like how that will affect what you look like and then how that will affect your ability to be like loved and worthy of connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, going back to that, like, that example, just that specific example of guys at the gym, I think, like, it's not wrong to want to work on your body. Not It's not wrong to be yeah, toned. Yeah, but, yeah. um, but what is the motive, of, like, about that? Like, is if it's valuing what others think of you more than what, you know, God already thinks of you, what your actual inherent value actually is, if you're putting up what other people think of you first, then fundamentally, that's... That's not that's not a, a stable reason. That's not a long lasting reason to be doing that. It's mm. it's all in the motive, and I, I know that's kind of deep, but like, it's the motive behind these reasons, and I think it, it, it should be spoken about. It is true. I think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. Is not we don't know the answers at all, but just even speaking about it, people are scared to speak about. For example, yeah, why they go to the gym every day, you know. I and I know we talk about the gym a lot. That's not the point here, like you know. Um, I that, definitely do not go no, to the gym every day. <laughs> Neither. Um, but yeah, so I think body image is such a big thing as well in terms of obviously check out our toxic masculinity episode as well. But we spoke on that like the way other people see us as men. I think is a big thing that we may put our value in. Um, and when we don't receive that from other people, um, you just you know go into a collapse of, oh, I need to change the way I look. So I think this continuing topic of putting your value in something that will change so quickly, for example, the way other people think about us, that can change overnight. 
you know, you yeah. can do something. But I mean, we're talking, sorry to jump in, but we're, we're talking a lot about like what other people think of us. And I think it's a deep fear that we all have, but I don't think that that in itself is the fear. I don't think that, like when, when I'm on a day where I'm really aware of how valuable I am as a human being, I honestly don't care about what other people think of me mm. because I'm very secure in that. But the days when I do care, it often comes back to the feeling I have that I am not enough and I am not worthy of love and connection with other human beings. And I think that, like, as humans, whether you're Christian or not Christian, whatever, like, we all have such a deep need to belong and to be loved and to have connection with other human beings. And I know that's super deep, but I do think in a way that's, like, the meaning of a lot of our lives is to just, like, live it out in community and stuff. And so I think that's sort of the root issue is not what other people are going to think of me. It's, like, addressing the... I am enough as I am and as I am I am worthy of love and connection and I will find that yeah absolutely and I think as Christians we're not saying we have all the answers or everything but I have definitely noticed being come into quite a new um, Christian community this year Zach and I can you know have recently joined um, Vineyard properly and we've invested a lot of time but one thing I've realised between the guys is that uh, a good friend of ours uh, his name's Sam but when he first met me he asked me whether I wanted to go with for coffee with him and because he was just like oh I want to get to know you it's quite sad but that's the first time that has ever happened to me in 19 years of my life and I just think in society there can be kind of a fear of you know really really connecting with someone because you're scared of how they'll perceive you but that's because there's a lack of people you know, being brave enough to just go up to someone and say, hey, I think you're really cool. Let's not just meet up and go out, but let's meet up and actually connect and actually talk about the important stuff, talk about how, where your heart is, how you're doing. Um, it, you know, instead of this kind of scratching the surface small talk that I think at uni we can do um, a lot. So I think that sense of community and belonging is so, so important and helps has helped me definitely in my journey of value and knowing that value and self-worth so yeah so okay yeah you've talked about you know certain days where you really feel that value and everything um and we just wanted to ask could you for those who are listening just give some maybe practical advice into how you've managed to achieve that in your journey and everything so um i think for me it's probably two things definitely my faith and it's a reflection of like if i feel in a really good place in my faith and i'm really aware of how loved i am by god i find it very easy to walk all of this out um but then also i've worked really hard on like watching myself talk watching how i talk to myself and like and just watching like i think it's very easy to not be aware of our internal world and to just receive things very subconsciously and then act out in a behaviour and then kind of as we act out in the behaviour we go why are we doing this and so if I like watch a film or, or see something on Instagram or anything like that that I feel I just stop myself I stop in the moment and I go like that's great but I'm not like that but that doesn't matter and I yeah. there's an amazing quote that I feel has really like that I try and live by every day which is by Brené Brown and um, cultivate the courage to be vulnerable imperfect and self-compassionate and that is something that I'm always like working on and just trying to make sure that I like if I feel like I'm not enough in a moment then I'll talk to myself about it and it sounds quite weird to say that but I'll be like you know what like I am enough and I might not be perfect but it's better to be 
authentic than perfect anyway because if you're striving for a level of perfection then you like you'll never you are always present like presenting a facade to people and so you'll never actually feel the love and connection and community that we've been talking about because you'll always have this voice of shame that says well they don't really know you they don't know about your flaws if they knew about your flaws they wouldn't want you kind of voice and I so I just I push myself every day to be really authentic and really vulnerable and really like just expose the bits that I maybe wouldn't want to share with the world. So when Zach introduced me, my aggressive driving and aggressive netball, like, it's quite funny because I have spent some time being comfortable, being aggressive and being alpha in sports and in things that I like, and not hiding that. Because I think particularly as girls, like that message of culture, like girls should be seen and not heard. And in order to be feminine and attractive, you have to be quiet and gentle and sort of this very maternal, like, woman and that's actually not necessary like I am some of those things but I'm also very competitive and I'm also like I love driving fast and it's you know not very relaxing people in the car with me but like that side of myself I push myself to expose it even when I don't feel like I want to because it is who I really am yeah so yeah, yeah. I think that comes a lot from I think Zach and I have mentioned it before but it's so so tiring where you're, you find value from people when they look at things that you do, not who you are. And I think that's so, so important. It's something that um, is so tiring and draining because, as you said, when we stop doing those things or we change what we're doing, the way other people change their opinion really, really gets to us, I think. And that's so dangerous because those opinions will change depending on what you do. For example, um, you know, just because I like music back in school, that's quite like a... Not anti-cultural, but like, you know, it's something that guys aren't really seen to do, especially in school years. And I think that was quite a big thing because I, it took me a long time to realise that it's okay to just do that because that's who I am and that's what I enjoy. But a big period of my time, I focused on what guys thought about me in terms of what I was doing. So again, we've talked about it in our testimony and toxic masculinity, but I would go to like, being cool by going out, you know, or drinking. And this is what naturally people do. They turn to things that other people respect, but that's not never from who you are as a person, it's from the things that you do. I think also like, as, as another example, I think like social media, what, it's kind of like become like a highlight rail of people's lives, yet I don't think everyone clocks that it's just the best bits. Um, it's not taking everyone for the highs and the lows, the good days and the bad days. And I think true friendship and true community is where you love the person despite the flaws, you know, where you can be vulnerable with each other. You can go through bad moments and good moments. Yeah. Whereas I think we mistake the, the highlight reel we see on like social media or whatever. Um, and we mistake that with reality and that's kind of setting your expectations wrong. We see that perfection. We see that and we think that's the standard, but that's not like a, it's a bit of a warped sense of reality, isn't it? And yeah. I think people can get caught out by that. Which... Yeah. And I've, like, you know, when you feel those moments in life where you can sit in a room with all your friends, like they are your friends and you sit in a room with loads of people, but yet, but yet feel so isolated and so lonely, yeah. you know, I've definitely been through that, yeah, but that's because maybe in the past I may have had some friends, you know, who loved the highlight reel about me you know that specific part of my life which is which was there like I had highs and stuff but that was such a small part of my life and when people when you can tell that people love you for that it's it's quite isolating because you hide everything else that you 
think is messy or yeah. you think that they wouldn't like or you think um, is a weakness, you know? So obviously, from a guy's perspective, being weak is obviously not allowed in society mm-hmm. or they say that it's not allowed, but I think hiding all of that is so, so, you know, hard. Yeah. And I think just having the, the perspective shift of like, your life is not supposed to be perfect, like yes. picture perfect. Yes, Having that perspective shift can give you a, such a freedom to like enjoy everyday life yeah. more. Yeah. When you're not mm. striving for that unattainable standard, which has been set not by you, by other, like, by yeah. other people. Yeah. When you just discard that and choose to like love yourself and live yes. as you, you can, you can just have a better time. Yeah. And what's so weird is that we all do this and we all feel like we're the only ones, but every single person on this planet has highs and lows. And yeah. sometimes like, I think you have to make sure that you're like the way, one of the ways I practice compassion on myself is to be like, you are not the only one because that voice of shame that we all have says like, you're the only person who struggles with this. You're the only person who's this messy. So-and-so would be better. So-and-so looks better or whatever it is. And like making sure that you're aware about how like, yeah, we just expect the standard of perfection from ourselves. And yet we don't like nobody, nobody is perfect. And yeah. we all say it, but it's, I don't think a lot of us have it as heart knowledge rather than just head knowledge. Like it's so important to remember that like everyone has a massive struggle and life is not supposed to be perfect. And I think when you reach that place, you're also better equipped to deal with bad stuff that happens because you don't suddenly go, oh my God, my life isn't perfect. You go, oh, this is a bad day. This is a bad week. This is so expected, but you know what? I'm still so valuable and I will get through this and I trust myself and that kind of thing is really Mm. important. Yeah, and I definitely think on the topic of unattainable standards, I think, because we were talking about body image and a lot of that, I do definitely think, um, I think for guys and girls, the big thing about pornography and social media, films, what we see on the media as well, is a huge impact. And especially, um, I think, I've talked about it before, but Liberated, the um, documentary on Netflix, talks about this casual sex culture. I think that has definitely played a huge, um, huge thing on this idea of body image Mm. and all that kind of stuff because... um, for example, um, with pornography, I think it is a huge area um, that guys and girls, you know, struggle with. And I think from that, we have this, as Zach said, unattainable standard of what we think true intimacy, you know, even love, what that looks like. Um, and I don't want to go that deep, but I just think it is. I do think it is. And I think with casual sex culture, um, this warp, type, warp sense of, you know, value, belonging, um, and all that kind of stuff does stem quite a bit from this kind of culture. And again, in this podcast, we are not, you know, outing that, we're not judging at all, but I think it is a reality. And I think it's okay to, you know, um, face up to that and just say that that is um, a reality in our culture at the moment. So, so, yeah. Yeah, and on the point of pornography, I think, like, first of all, like, girls watch porn too and I just want to just want to say that right now because I think it's really hard for girls to admit to struggling with porn and masturbation because it's seen as this like massive male thing and I don't think it's something that like girls feel comfortable about so I just want to start by saying that but then I also want to say that I think girls don't acknowledge like how much emotional porn affects us and I when I when I say emotional porn I mean like rom-coms and books and certain songs and stuff that paint this very idealistic standard of relationship where you as a woman are rescued by a man and this man will come into your life and face all of your problems 
and save you and everything and he'll probably look like a movie star and he'll <laughs> well, he definitely will if you're watching a film but like you know <laughs> like yeah. anything like that yeah. and and so they just have all of the answers for you and I actually think that girls like we create these unrealistic expectations of relationships and then we feel not enough when we don't see that appearing in our lives because we've been taught by from such a like a young age that that is like the standard and it's just completely not like when you look around the world that's just not the standard at all and also I don't think it's healthy for someone you're in like a relationship with to come and rescue you and all and that doesn't create a partnership that creates like a massive like de- codependency and that mm. kind of thing and so I just want to yeah. say like that and I do think that girls struggle a lot with like fantasizing about these kind of things and talking about these kind of things amongst groups of girls and I'm so like I've done this a million times so I'm not judging at all but I think it's something we need to watch because it just all it does is sets us up to fall because then when we finally do like find a relationship or find something that we want we can feel very conscious of how other people perceive it because we're so caught up in the idea that it has to be this huge romantic like world shaking event mm-hmm. yeah and i think also that whole narrative suggest like implies that like as a girl you need rescue yeah, which exactly. is just a lie like yeah and it also puts pressure out. on guys because yeah, so you then are say. like <laughs> you have to be this like you have there's so much pressure to be a man and it's like yeah. oh yeah i just think the whole thing for everyone is just a nightmare. Yeah, and then as guys, if we don't match up to that expectation from girls we're maybe seeing or something, then again, that has a huge impact on our self-esteem and it's just a cycle, you know? It's a never-ending cycle. And I just think on all of this, and especially, Kate, when you mentioned codependency, um, I just think as Christians, um, you know, we we believe in Jesus and we believe that... um, it's not about dependency but it's about knowing how much we are loved and valued and I just think I think we, we should go into that a bit now and I just think um, Kate do you have any thoughts about as Christians where we can find our value when we when we should as well yeah so I think at what I believe as a Christian is that like I almost when I think about it from a Christian perspective I almost lose the sense of like knowing my self-worth and my value like that I know because I'm thinking way more about what God says about me and whatever I feel in any given moment God says I am so valuable that he sent Jesus to the cross for me Mm. and like Mm. I think that is just so so powerful and there's just some amazing verses in the Bible about like God creating us and that kind of thing so one of them that I love is Psalm 39 13 which is the one that says you knit me together in my mother's womb and I think, like, I actually taught myself to knit through lockdown, which is just super bad myself there. <laughs> Not that I'm taking my value from there, but um, when I was learning to knit, I was, like, completely overwhelmed because I don't really understand it. But when you knit something, like, you just kind of repeat the same thing over and over again, but then it will create something that's so intricate and just, like, be like I was like, wow, how, how did this even happen? Like, with just some sticks and wool. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, like, God knit us together he planned and put in us every single part of us and so when we're like oh i don't like this about myself we almost step outside of our identity in god because he says no i put that there and i love that about you and it's so important to be aware of that and to watch how you talk to yourself and watch like it also says in 
it also says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, like, um, do you not know that you, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God, you are not your own? And I think I've been really convicted recently about like the way that I talk to myself, the way that I interact with myself in my internal world and how I like there are days where it's very easy to slip into like, oh, I haven't done my essay on time, which is a big area for me. Um, <laughs> but like, oh, I'm so stupid, I'm so bad at time management, like I'm so disorganized, that kind of thing. But I don't think that that's how God wants to talk to me. And I think I need to honor my body and honor my like soul and my spirit and who I am because the Holy Spirit lives within me. And it's just, yeah, I think that's really, really, really important. Yeah, definitely. There's a um, super common verse which I'm sure everyone's heard of at some point in prim- even like primary school, like, love your neighbours as yourself, you know, treat other people as you want to be treated. It's a basic concept, and it's, but it actually works both ways. Mm. So it's all very well loving people, loving the people around you, and, you know, treating them how you'd like to be treated, but mm-hmm. are you treating yourself like the way that you treat other people? It's, I know so many people that give all their all to other people around them are so uh what's the word like unselfish putting other people first but Mm. almost neglect loving themselves yeah no i completely agree with that and i think it's very important to just be really aware of your heart behind serving others because there's definitely there's definitely instruction in the bible to be put others before yourself and to sacrifice for other people and i think it's a really a really beautiful thing to do but if you're doing it from a place of striving and trying to prove how valuable you are and trying to silence those voices that say that you're not enough or that you're not like kind or you're not compassionate um then i think it can get really unhealthy really quickly and i think there's an amazing thing that i come back to in romans 5 verse 8 that says like while we're still sinners christ died for us and whenever i feel my voices of shame come up i go back to that all the time because it's like whenever when like it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do because when I was like I don't come from a Christian background so I had quite a radical I had quite a radical like pre-Christian post-Christian life Mm. but whenever I feel unworthy or whenever I feel like I'm a bad person because I think this is also something we all struggle with we all sort of feel like we're not good enough and that can Mm. lead us to feel like we're inherently bad and if we listen to those voices that we have but whenever I'm in those moments of like oh I need to go and do this to prove to God that I'm worth all of this love that he's pouring out over me I come back to the fact that while I was still a sinner Christ died for me and it's not about like anything that I do it's not about who I am like when I was at my absolute worst in terms of like sin or like things that aren't on God's heart for me he still chose me he still died for me and I could do a million worse things than I've ever done before and the decision remains the same and that's like I think as Christians we don't acknowledge that enough. So. Yeah, and I definitely think on that topic, one thing that hurts the most is when you do something nice for someone and then they don't do the same thing back. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that is so painful. But as you said, if we do something, if we love it from a place that we're not pulled into, as Zach was saying, and we love other people and they don't show us that love back, then that hurts. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, we just keep doing that because we think that's the only reason they're maintaining that friendship it's not from a place of complete selflessness because we're not being pulled into Mm. and we're not um receiving god's love so yeah i just think that does just play back into what we were saying about um you know doing that thing where 
we don't want other people to love us just for the best bits, but for the times where we do mess up, when we don't love well, because I think true friendship is coming from a place when that person is, is also being poured into by Jesus and knows that when you as their mate messes up, it's not coming from any other place rather than just having a rough day. Yeah, no, it's not personal. No. Yeah. Um, and just going back to that, that Bible verse, like, I re- like, we're not out here to preach on on this podcast but it's just so good I, I couldn't not like while we were still sinners so that's like us that's you guys listening like at your worst moments Jesus thought you were worth dying for yeah. do you know what I mean like yeah. that's that's how much he thinks of you that's how much he thinks of yeah. us Kate yeah. and that, me anyone listening like yeah. that is how valuable God thinks you are yeah that's yes. awesome definitely and I think just like another thing with this if you're not sure like I, it's quite a weird concept to hear about for the first time but like if you're not sure if you struggle in this area and if you're not that aware of your eternal world which is definitely a place i can be sometimes like if you struggle to receive love then this is that's how i'm always like oh i'm having a bad value day if one of my friends does something really nice for me or says something really lovely and i struggle to like receive it and i'm like oh thanks or i'm just really awkward or whatever mm-hmm. it is or i feel like i owe them then that is something where I'm like, okay, why do I feel like they shouldn't be loving on me right now? Why do I feel like they shouldn't do, or I have to reciprocate what they've just done rather than just enjoying and acknowledging the fact that they, like they do want to be friends with me because I am a lovely person and I do like, I do friendship well and all of this stuff. And like, I can say that without it coming from a place of pride because it's almost, I think we more than anything, if you struggle with shame and unworthiness, you need to affirm yourself more often because it can be so hard to voice out loud these concepts. Like, as I said that now, I was like, I can't say that, but I can say that. Yeah, like, yeah. it's completely true. And so I think it's just really important to make sure that, like, yeah, when you have those moments, catch yourself and just yeah. completely affirm yourself in that moment. Like, thank you so much for doing this for me. And, like, I understand why you would do this for me. And yeah. I know I will pay it back, but, like, it doesn't have to be in this moment because I'm not going to lose you as a friend if yeah. I don't, like, do something immediately. Yeah, and on that, I think in Christian circles, you know, when you first introduce yourself and you play games such as, oh, three things I love about myself or three things that I don't like about myself. When they ask me or yeah. something, when they ask like <laughs> three things that you like about yourself, a lot of the time I find myself doing saying three things that I like about myself that I do, not three characteristics yeah. about who I am. Yeah. And that plays back to people loving what you do, not who you mm. are. And I think That's a ask someone genuinely, give me two or three things that you love about your character. I I am so sure, if anyone asked that to me, I would be so, I would struggle to answer them. And I think that's such an issue in our society. Like, sorry, try this. For those who are listening, go up to your friends and just ask them. They'll find it so hard. Can we do that right now? But just one each, one each. Okay, yes, Yes. definitely. Go on, that kicks off. Yeah, well, I think I am very compassionate. You know, I think I am. Go on, Kate, what about you? I think that I am really empathetic. Yes. Class. I think I'm a really good listener. Yes. But this is the thing. There might be people who listen to this finding this really uncomfortable. And like... Yeah, I kind of feel uncomfortable. Me too. Like, not... The thing is, what you guys have just said, like, in our friendships, I'm like, yeah, that's really true. But then when I say I'm really empathetic, my head goes to my friends listening to this I'm not going to agree with that and I know that they will because I know that this is an area but like that was I was not even listening to you guys really because I was just like 
oh my gosh, how are they going to receive that? But it's so like, I don't know, with that, it just shows how pervasive this is in our thinking mm. and in our culture. Whereas I was listening because I'm a really good listener. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so that was further on this journey than I am. That's cool. <laughs> no, I'm, mess- I'm messing about. Yeah, yeah. Um, just as we bring it back into land, Kate, one more question. Yes. How can we build habits of self-compassion rather than self-contempt? That's a really good question. Um... So to start with, like, when I think of contempt, I think of, like, a pattern of, well, Google also thinks because I'll Google <laughs> this, but, like, a pattern of attitude and behaviours of, like, disgust and anger. And I think that's really powerful to say that out loud. And I think self-contempt is when you are directing a level of disgust and a level of anger towards yourself because, mm. like, and you're hypercritical of yourself because you're so aware and so overwhelmed by how much you feel like you're not worthy and you're not enough that you get to this place where you're like almost like battling with yourself and screaming at yourself to do things differently or like you know when you you spend time with your friends and then you go home and you're like why did I do that why did (laughs) I say that we all do that (laughs) yeah it it happens to all of us but like if ever my friends come to me and tell me a situation and they're like oh this happened and stuff and this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm I'm always like, that's so irrational. Like no one will have received it like that. No one will have taken that deep. Like it's absolutely fine. But I think so often we can like turn that on up when we turn that on ourselves, but we don't speak it out, shame just absolutely thrives. And yeah. so the first thing I would say is whenever you're having those thoughts or those things, go and find a really trusted friend and just say, This happened like this is how I'm feeling about it speak into this area because I think other people can give us compassion sometimes that we can't give ourselves and then building on that I would say practice self-compassion like when you feel not enough just be like no whoa slow down what I always do well how I started doing this was I would watch myself give my friends advice and help them process through stuff and then I'd watch how I did it when I was just by myself more internally and the difference was crazy because I would always be like to my friends, not at all, you're amazing. Like I'd build them up so much. And then when I would speak to myself about it in my internal world, I'd be like, why did you do that? Why are you always like this? Why, like you're not gonna have any friends left if you keep going like this kind of thing. And so whenever I hear that now, I stop and I'm like, what would I say to so-and-so if they came to me about this? And then I literally will say my name and I'll be like, Kate, you're overthinking this so much. Like no one would have taken it that, that whatever it is that you would normally say to your yeah. friends. And that has been really like really transformative for me. And there's an amazing um, quote from a woman called Sonia Renee Taylor who wrote a book about this called My Body Is Not An Apology, which I highly recommend if you struggle with like issues of shame about around body image and everything but she says if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding shame can't survive and I think that that is so true and so whether you're sharing with a friend or you're talking to yourself and like processing with yourself if you extend empathy and understanding then those voices of shame will eventually die out but it's definitely a process and it's something I'm still working through so wow that's so good that's so good maybe which shows why community is so vital in this entire journey and why true friendship is so so important Mm. guys i've absolutely loved it this week like (laughs) it's been so good thank you so much for being here thanks for having me yeah so thanks so much for listening and we hope there were some things in that that you could relate to and take away from this podcast but we hope you have an amazing week and have a vibey and wholesome time